Good evening and welcome to Geek Hard with your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green, right here on Reality Radio 101. And now, right to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome to the winter wonderland that is Geek Card. I am Andrew Young, and with me is the man from Snowy River, Mr. Green. Yes, I am from Snowy River. Yeah, I know. I said that. Did you say it? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't listen to you. Well, obviously you did, because you said, yes, I am, and then repeated what I said. I I don't believe I did that. I don't believe you did anything, really. What did you do? Like, come on now. Well, I ate some food before the show this time, so I'm not going to starve to death while we're doing the show. Yeah, that's fucking smart. It only took you three years to figure that out. But anyways, we got a great show for you tonight. <laughs> Later on in the program, we're going to be talking with comedian Jackie Pirico. Her latest comedy album, Splash Pad, is nominated for a Juno Award, which the Juno Awards, that's the Canadian Music Awards happening next week. Um, in Edmonton, we're going to be talking with her about the album and more. We've also got a review of Creed 3 coming your way. It is happening. We're giving our thoughts on that. First Creed, great. Second Creed, yeah. Let's see what this Creed wrote. It's got to be at least somewhere between great and yeah. Was Creed good, though? That's the thing. First Creed? Creed 1 was fucking great. I'm just saying, right? Like, as a band, they're, like, no good, right? Like, I don't know why anybody wants to go to their concerts in the first place. Yeah, well, well I'm not talking about shirtless hits here. I'm talking about the movies. They made movies? Yeah, yeah, they did. The first one was called Arms Wide Open. It was fantastic. It was great. It was, uh, more, it was basically a lot of Christian undertones there. And... But sexy shirtless guys. That's you know, they're they're it's it's so weird because they, it's like they get they like they're just as bad, arguably as Nickelback. But Nickelback gets all of the hate. Creed well, because Nickelback Nickelback stuck around. You, Creed it. Creed disappeared. Creed became that's Ultra it. Bridge. I, mean, I used to work at HMV. Unfortunately, I know their music history because they broke up while I was working there. <laughs> all right, I hate the fact that I know this information about Creed. I love, I, 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 I love it. I know you love it. I know you love when you find out that I know something about something I hate. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in just a few minutes, you're going to get to hear me talk to Emma Horvath, the star of Who Are You People? As you know, last week I got to speak with Devin Sawa. And uh, this week you get to hear my interview with Emma Horvath talking about uh, this family drama. Um, we're going to be listening to that. But right now what we're going to do is we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, you'll get to hear my interview with Emma Horvath. It's all happening right here. Geek Yard Radio Radio 101. Hey, everybody. Jimmy the Short Order Cook here asking you... What's better than listening to Geek Hard? Answer, listen to Geek Hard while wearing a Geek Hard t-shirt. And there's a place you can get them 
at tpublic.com slash user slash geekard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got geekard shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a back issue bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpublic.com slash user slash geekard. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, where for the next 55 minutes we'll be giving an oral history about the uh, band Creed and how they became Alter Bridge. But before we do that, I uh, just want to remind you folks that if you like what we do here, well, there's a place you can go. Patreon.com slash geekhard for all your geek hard needs. If you become a geek hard again, you'll be helping us out. You'll be one of the family. And you get access to some cool exclusives, you know, including upcoming pilots for audio programs for geek hard. The pilot for the january men podcast a podcast that is going to be coming soon to everybody you get to hear you get to the inside scoop you got to hear the first episode before anybody else does early access to the geek card podcast when it drops and extra hard a weekly ongoing sometimes taking a break show hosted by mr green where he and a special guest talk about things they love in the world of film and entertainment. It's currently on hiatus right now, but all the episodes are available right now to check them out. Correct, Mr. Green? That's right, they are. And uh, But there is going to be some new material this week. Uh, unfortunately, I can't give you the name of the show yet because it's still... Uh, because there's 12 names for the show, and yeah, there you is. and the other creator have not decided which one you're going to go with. Well... <laughs> It's under. It's still under discussion. We're having we're having another meeting tomorrow. But anyways, uh, there's going to be uh, what I can tell. What I can say to everybody, for a fact, is that you know, in its new in a new form, the news is back. Yeah, the news is back, and it's not just two people talking about it. It's multiple people, kind of fighting, debating over it. Well, we have co- it's going to be it's going to be like the old news. No, it is just just a little bit longer, a little bit more engaging. All right, so check it out. Well, it won't be it won't be one sided. We'll say that there'll be more there'll be more more angles to it. There you go, all angles all the time. What's yeah, your like, angle? More like a trapezoid. Trapezoid. There we go. More like a freakazoid. You remember that cartoon? I, uh, you I, can find I it only all saw it once in a while at patreon.com slash geekard. Definitely check it out. We're going to get into the show tonight. Of course, as I mentioned last week, I got to speak with uh, Devin Sawa about his most recent film, Who Are You People? Available now on VOD, digital, and still playing in select theaters across North America. This week, you get to hear my interview with his co-star from that film, Emma Horvath, who you may have recently seen on the uh, 
Amazon Prime series, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. She's in there. And you probably would have also seen her in a bunch of different horror and genre stuff. This is more of a family drama, and we get into the mix of it. Let's take a listen to that interview right now. Hi, Emma. How's it going? Good, Andrew. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So, of course, Who Are You People? It's coming out select theaters and VOD. Tell us a little bit about Alex. She's a 16-year-old girl who, at the beginning of the film discovers that the father she grew up with is not her biological father. She finds her biological father who lives a few hours away and takes matters into her own hands and, and finds him and goes, goes digging for answers as to why, why she's never met this guy and why he's never gone looking for her. Yeah. Now, uh, when you got the chance to audition for the role, I know that it was like a quick turnaround. You had only like 24 hours to send in the tape and everything. And that you read the script, you were consumed by the script, that you really just ate it up, that you knew Alex and that you knew that you could play Alex. What was it about Alex that you just came to you and went, oh, I know this character, I can do this? There's someone in my life who, who did not know that they were adopted for the first like 10, 12 years of their life. And I watched that person go through a, an identity crisis and, and deal with the sort of psychological fallout of that. So that was very, it hadn't happened to me, but I was close enough to see it happen. The script dealt with questions of how much of our, where we come from is helpful to know and, and how much maybe isn't. And those were questions I, I asked myself my whole life. My, my parents emigrated to the U.S. when they were 25 from what used to be Czechoslovakia. And I grew up asking those questions. I, I, I rarely went over and, and met my grandmas and my cousins and um, really had had no relationship with with that part of me but then was dealing with the identity crisis of what it meant to be American and and how much of me was Slovakian so even though I you know I, I was not adopted there were there were elements of that identity crisis that that were so familiar to me and how that can manifest in not being comfortable in your own skin and a deep curiosity and also a repulsion <laughs> to, to, to finding answers to those questions. Yeah, sometimes when you go digging, the answers you find are yeah. not what you expect. And that's the thing about this movie, that it takes the risk, that it actually pulls no punches and goes down that route. And I know that like in the history of your career, you know, you've done a lot of genre stuff, a lot of mm -hmm. horror. Of course, you got uh, you also did the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power after this. But this, this is like the building blocks I feel of like acting this is like the family drama, the deep, like the meaty good shit. So when you, when you got a chance for this role, did you know that like, Oh man, I'm really going to dig deep. I'm going to be working all my muscles here. Yeah. It felt, it felt more grounded in that sense. There wasn't anything supernatural about it or fantastical. It just, it was just real life. So yeah, it, it, I, I, I love genre stuff. I love yeah. it. But yeah, there, there was something that was exciting about just, just just playing a real person that's dealing with real person stuff and stuff and things and questions that were very familiar. I didn't have to, you know, imagine a monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You definitely didn't have to imagine a monster. A monster showed up in this film. Definitely. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, both characters, you know, Alex and Carl, of course, Carl played by Devin Sawa, you know, each of your characters has a secret in the film. And, you know, in the scenes where the two of you are like warming up to each other and you're becoming, you know, more like father and daughter in this, 
was the secret always in the back of your mind when playing those scenes or did you kind of just forget about them in those moments? I think, I think Alex is at an age where it's just, it's just the thing in front of you. The only thing really on my mind was the relationship with, with Devin and, and just the curiosity and, and the, and the intense desire for her to connect with him. The secret took a back seat. I think at, at this age, you don't really think about the consequences of things necessarily. Of course, with this, you know, it was fast filming. So when you guys started, that was kind of like your first moments to really get to know Devin. So this performance kind of apes what was happening in real life when it comes to the meeting of two actors, right? Yeah, no, it was very similar. I don't know if you talked to Devin, but he did that on purpose. He didn't want to be too warm towards me or spend a lot of time at the beginning. We only saw each other at work, really, or, or if Ben called a rehearsal which I think was good. But also the interesting thing that happened was that actually by three weeks in, I was, I, I felt like I knew him very well and we were quite friendly and joking around. If anything, when, when Alyssa and John Ailes showed up, I was like, oh, I, I don't need you guys. I'm, I'm really good friends with Devin. You were like, who are you people? Yeah, I was literally like, who are you people? <laughs> so yeah, the, the schedule was perfect in that way. That's always got to be good when the schedule actually works best to help your performance. Yeah, it doesn't always, it rarely works out that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's quite a gift. That's awesome. Now, of course, Yardley Smith is in the film, Yardley Smith. Very loving, nurturing role. And I know that Alex and Yardley's character, they kind of like, by the end of this film, have an understanding of non-judgmental relationship. It's a very sweet part of this film. And I know that when the film was done, it was right when you guys went into lockdown. And so... You and Yardley ended up becoming like uh, like Zoom buddies, right? Yeah, yeah. She she was the person I talked to probably the most on on Facetime. Actually, no, we used Marco Polo. That oh, Marco Polo. Okay. You remember that? I don't know if it's been phased out or not, but it, yeah, we Marco Poloed each other. Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful for my relationship with her. What a what a talent, and also what a kind, kind, uh, and giving person. Yeah, and I'm guessing she also probably had a lot of advice. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm trying to remember. It was three years ago. <laughs> yeah, three years ago. It's a long time. Yeah. I mean, the wonderful thing is, like, the the main thing I think of when I think of Yardley is just warmth and 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 cuddles. <laughs> I, I don't usually think like, mm, yes, that great piece of business advice. No, I think I think that was the most helpful thing you could get from an actor who's been doing it for a while is just warmth and and kindness. That was all I really needed, I think. With the latter half of this film, it gets very dark when certain secrets are revealed. And that's got to be kind of tough putting that performance together because, you know, it's like you've got a character who's found this unknown father, has started to warm up to them, and then something unforgivable is unveiled but yeah. i'm guessing you know you'd still have those feelings that were built up over time so in that situation when you get into the last half where as i said this film pulls no punches what was it like for you putting together that performance what was going through your mind i think the the reveal happened pretty late in the schedule which i think was good because by that point again Devin and i were very close and were joking around with each other and had had a relationship and so it makes it all the more painful and complex when that when that happens and then also the the great thing about the script is that the ending is kind of 
it doesn't come down hard either way. And so you kind of get to live, the audience gets to live in like, what is going to happen? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the ending is a very real world feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely real world. Like, you know, this time, time will reveal that, but in, in a film you only have like what an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah, exactly. Can't really follow the rest of their lives to find out the answer. <laughs> Sorry, audience. You got to make the decision for yourselves of what happens to them after that. Totally. But uh, you actually got a chance to see this film with an audience at the Mammoth Film Festival, right? Yeah. So well, I, I have a tendency to walk, walk out of screen. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, did you I get- was eating popcorn in the lobby when, when it was... <laughs> Is it a just not liking to watch yourself type thing? A combination. There's the thing in your head and then seeing yourself execute it. That is, that is always that, that, that disconnect is sometimes painful. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. And actor's worst critic is themselves. Totally. <laughs> After the screening, did you get a chance to hear from any audience of like their first thoughts? Yeah. I, I, people were very kind. You know, I, I was surprised when I won at, at Mammoth. Uh, I was so surprised I wasn't even at the awards. Yardley accepted it for me. People were very, very kind. I'll just say that. With a film like this, like, is this something that you're going to be looking for more of in your career? Like these deep, meaty parts like this, where it's all on you, you know? It's like, there's no special effects, no nothing. It's just like a heartfelt drama. I know you have a background, like you studied for theater and everything like that. So it's like the performance is on you with those sort of situations. So is this something you're looking more for in your career? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I was a very external focused actor before I started in film and TV, just the nature of theater. A lot of times you, you know, you get to play old women or, or men or whatever, you know, and, and yeah. there's a lot of, you know, dialect what you get to do and, and movement stuff and I, I that was stuff that that really just I, I really enjoyed and I get to do a little bit of that on, on Lord of the Rings too I'm obviously performing in a dialect but when I was a younger actor I, I was so uninterested in internal <laughs> the internal <laughs> of characters I truly was not and 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 so so film and tv has been an interesting journey because it's 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 becoming less folk you know I've, I've had to focus less on those external things and start to focus internally and of course like the fallout from that is that things start to <laughs> things from my own life start to come up you know and I think I'm at that age I'm nearing 30 now so you're at that age where you can kind of get distance on your childhood and, and family dynamics and seeing things for what they are and what maybe they are not this was sort of like the first real chip in the iceberg of getting to the heart of my own you know stuff that's happened in my own life and using that in my work because I never did that I was so relieved to be someone else always or some something that was so removed these kinds of jobs require you to really bring more of yourself to the table which is uh which is new for me yeah I gotta say that's gotta kind of be exhausting if it's something that's new for you that 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 kind of thing because I know when you do become more introspective that does play a toll even on your physical sense like your body goes oh what are you doing you know yeah the body keeps the score eh? (laughs) yeah no it's exhausting but i enjoy it physical exhaustion and emotional exhaustion is good it feels like going to the gym even if you're not moving your body if you're excavating something emotional from your past on set yeah yeah it feels like i've been to the gym usually at the end of the day yeah, I would say so, definitely. So yeah, so probably not the greatest experience while it's happening, but probably very satisfying after it's done. Yeah, I mean, that being said, I really did enjoy working on this movie. Um, it was pleasant in in a lot of other ways, you know, um, when the people that I was around, the crew was exceptionally kind. Uh, I really liked working with Ben. 
Yeah, Ben, with like this is this again, it's a small intimate film. Working with Ben, like was he very giving or was he was he very much like, no, you can figure it out? Like what was the dynamic between you two? Well, I think I, I think the lucky thing, because I was cast so late, like they were already in Portland looking at locations and I had to audition so quickly. I don't think that would have happened if again the, the my connection to the script hadn't been as strong as it was. And um a lot of it, I felt like I already understood. This is a script that Ben has had, like, has been working on for years. And he gets to direct it and make all the creative decisions, too. So so it, it's really helpful when you can just go to the source when you have a question and the answer is so fast and so confident. It's such a luxury. Yeah, it was it was really, it was really great. I, I, I'm trying to think back. It was three years ago. I don't think we, we didn't spend too much time talking about stuff again because I felt like I, I got it. Occasionally, you know, there were moments where where we'd have conversations about stuff, but but very minimal. Again, because the script was so special to me. Yeah, you connected. That's that's awesome. That's great when that happens. Now, last, just to finish up here, uh, I know another film that you shot uh, that's going to be coming out at some point uh, is The Strangers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Really to see that. I, I haven't seen any any footage of it yet, but I'm really stoked to see it. I shot that in Slovakia, which is where my parents are from. So it was, that was surreal also to like hear language that I grew up hearing like on set. I never thought that that would happen in my career. That's awesome. So it was a, it was a great experience, good experience with the cast doing some horror again. Fantastic. And I got to work with the action king, I mean, Rennie Harlan. Um, Oh my God. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I look forward to that. And of course I look forward to people checking out who are you people, very strong, powerful film. And I know you're not great at taking compliments, but you were fantastic in it. And uh, I look forward to more great performances. Thanks, Andrew. So that was my interview with Emma Horvath. You can see her in who are you people. It's available now on VOD digital and in select theaters. We got an email from Mike D who says snow on the way to T.O. Creed three. No good. A four. Maybe. Uh, actually, snow is not on the way, sir. Snow is here. I just checked outside my 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 door and there's there's a lot of snow in the air. So snow here. Snow here. S- snow happening. Snow, snow all hap- around. The snow happening. Is that what it is? Snow it's happening. Just- yes. The snow happening. Yeah, it's, a, it's like, a new, the new Marky Mark film. Yeah, it's a new Marky Mark film. M. Night Shyamalan is like, we haven't done anything with snow yet. So, But that's the key is that Marky Mark is afraid of snow, but not the snow, but the, the reggae star. Well, of course, because who wouldn't be? He is yeah. an informer. Yeah. Someone's down the lane, totally. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. Just to remind you folks that uh, if you want to get your emails in, you can email us at geekartshow at gmail.com we got more review emails coming on the way and of course our review of Creed 3 all happening right here Geek Card Reality Radio 101 remember when you used to go to the comic shop and Browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy. What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. 
Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. Well, we talk about comics old and new. Mostly old. But sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekartshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good. Welcome back to Geek Hard right here on Reality Radio 101. And now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Hard. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here on a fabulous snowy Friday night. Um, before we get into it, I uh, just want to say, in the interest of fairness and full disclosure, Creed did get back together in 2009, and they were banned from 2009 to 2012. So there was a second chapter for Creed before Scott Stapp left again, and they went back to Alter Bridge. That's, there see, go. there you go, right? So Creed 2, not so good. <laughs> yes, that, that Creed and Creed 2, not good. This Creed, very good. Creed 2, not so good. So it has that in common That's with right. the band. But we'll be talking about Creed 3, and hopefully there's never a Creed 3 for the band. Hopefully. I'm, hey, man, if they need to make money, let them make money. Okay. Hey, everybody needs to eat. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure they're fine. They can plus do they, something else. Plus, they are the epitome of, uh, of the, uh, the Florida man as a band. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Shirtless, new, not knowing where they are. New new series coming to Netflix called Florida Man. I can't wait. Oh, there you go. I thought you were going to say called Creed. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a uh, docuseries about the band's uh, trials and tribulations. There you go, man. There you yeah. go. That's what, what everybody's been waiting for. Totally. That's, that's uh, it. That's it. It replaces Cocaine Bear. Yeah. Imagine if Scott Stapp was just high on cocaine running through the woods, killing people. There's a movie. All right. But anyways, uh, I'd, wa I'd a, watch that. Yeah. We got an email from Ralph H who says, Hey to a and Mr. G geeks listening in again. I saw Creed three. It was all right. So very exciting parts. Other times, not so much. I would say it's about a five for a rating. Hey to the old man. Or oh, somebody talking about me. Yeah, it's not your time yet, but but the guy, he mentioned, he mentioned my name, not you just get, in passing. You got to get it back in your box, man. You got to get back in your box. Get in my box. It's it's a it's a it's a freaking studio apartment, okay? It's a studio apartment. I like it. It's, it might be box shaped, but it's mine, and my That's landlord's. That, exactly. So just get. We'll call you very shortly, but just stay in your box for right now. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I'm going to go play some video games. There you go. Better not be too long, eh? you know? No, well, we won't. It's only so long that I can keep this channel open. There he goes. That's true. I forgot. There are people looking for him. Uh, so let's get into our review of Creed 3 opening in theaters this week, written by Keenan Kugler 
and Zach Balin, produced by Metro Golden Mayor, of course, directed by Michael B. Jordan and distributed by United Artists and Warner Brothers. And now we're going to call the old man in. Oh, yes, of course you are. What the hell was that? There's like well, we 30 seconds. We, we told you that it, it would take a little bit of time to bring you back, so we brought I, you back. Oh, my God. You know, what the hell are you kids? You kids, you know. I guess for you, everything's slow. But for me, everything's in the blink of an eye. But still slow, because I've been around forever. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, we know. it is okay. It's very, It's perfectly fine. My feelings are legit. Your feelings are legit. We're both too legit to quit. Hey, hey. Fair enough. There you go. It is fair. All is fair in love and reading synopsis. Sisyphus. Sisyphus? So Sisyphus, that guy was an asshole. He deserved to push that rock up the hill. Do you know what he did to get that? Everybody forgets that he was a piece of shit before that. Don't get me started about fucking Sisyphus. That guy, you deserve to push the boulder. The hell. All right, anyways. After dominating in the boxing world, Adonis Creed has been thriving in both his career and his family life. That's nice. That's really good. When, chi- when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy Damien resurfaces after serving a long sentence in prison, he's eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. Okay. Yeah, all right. The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. All right, well, that sounds like there's a lot of drama and pathos in there. Um, Nothing at all like that shitty band you guys were talking about, so uh, I might check this movie out. All right, you do that, man. I will. Now, you need me for anything else? Can I go away now? Yeah, go back to your box and we'll call you when we need you again. Ah, you fucking little you son of a... Just because you're, you're just wasted on the wrong people. That's what I say. There he goes. He's a little bit uppy tonight. Yeah, he's spicy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. It is what it is. Let's get into talking about Creed 3. And usually I throw it over to you. But as I said, Creed 1, fantastic film. Loved Creed. Creed was an amazing film. Creed mm-hmm. 2, yeah. too many hands in the pot. Too many fingers in the pot. The original vision was lost in favor of nostalgia. Yep. Not a very good movie. This film is like resetting the table, trying to get you to remember what Creed 1 was all about and give like a true next chapter for Creed. Still, of course, using what's come before to inform it, but not to define it. I got to say right now, the writers of Creed 3, Keenan Kugler and Zach Balin, they need to go and knock on the door of the writers of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and say, <laughs> here's how you write a villain, motherfucker. This is the, this is the Jonathan Majors getting good material to work with in this. Because I'll tell you right now, freaking... Um, Damian Anderson is an amazing complex character who is the antagonist and it's that type of antagonist where it's like, Oh, the root of your problem here. I agree with you. I get it, but that doesn't give you the right to be a piece of shit, which is the perfect kind of villain. 
you know, a villain where you can go, I see where you're coming from. And because of that, there is such a nice, like Cain and Abel kind of drama going on here, which has been, that's the one thing that's always been missing from the Creed films is a good villain. And here we had a great villain in this story. Yeah, no, and I, I would agree with you about uh, the uh, the Quantumania analogy. It's just a little bit of ironic uh, for me to be looking at this because the, the only other um, like truly amazing Marvel villain is also in this film by, with Michael B. Jordan because his Killmonger is yeah. arguably the best villain in the MCU. And because he also, like Damien, is a three-dimensional character that is multifaceted, who has layers, and who you look at what he's doing and go, I kind of see where you're coming from, bro. Right, right. I don't like what you're doing. I don't like how you're doing it necessarily. But I understand why you're doing it. Yeah. And in this film, playing Adonis Creed, where we've seen his arc... Adonis is kind of Adonis Creed is now in the position where it's like, I've conquered all of the, the dragons. I've slayed all the dragons I need to slay. Now I'm enjoying the fruits of my riches. Of course, when you get comfortable, that's when shit comes to roost. Yeah. You know, and the other thing about this film, because uh, I, I, I like this film, right. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really like about it is that this doesn't do Rocky three, Rocky four, right? Where we saw Stallone's Rocky Balboa in this kind of position where he's now, you know, going back and forth on retirement and he, you know, in his family life and everything like that. He never felt like in those movies, that's a character who did not feel comfortable in retirement. Mm. I look at Adonis here and his life is completely different. Yeah. In his in his retirement. Like he he looks like he's got a plan. He's got a whole like system worked out. His family life looks pretty strong. Like he's got a really great relationship with his wife, you know, and 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 their daughter, like she's amazing. Like all those things, like it's really working until Damien shows up, of course, right? And mm-hmm. then, you yeah. know, puts uh, you know, puts uh, some spice in the soup, you know, the wrong kind of spice, and uh, you know, and kind of messes around with things. And it it's it's nice to see a character in this, in this instance, like in this universe, feel like they've got their shit together and then have somebody come at it and take and somebody into- come and fuck with their shit. Yeah. Like it try to take it away. Yeah. And it's like, and so calculated too. Like that's what oh, I loved about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so calculated. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is what we want to see. This, we know this guy can do this. We're seeing it here. We want to see him do it with Kang. Write him better shit, please. Because yeah. this was no, just absolutely. so calculated. It was amazing. We had an email in from Nan S who says, Old man rules. Creed 3 sucks. Well, there we go. Well, Nan is very specific with what they like and what they don't like. We appreciate that. Someone who knows what they like and what they don't like. Yeah, yeah, I, no. I I appreciate getting getting mentioned in the box. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. Fuck this shit, Bosh. That's what I say. Son of a bitch. There he goes. There he goes. You guys are not are going to be on good terms. I'm telling you this right now. <laughs> oh, I got, I got I got I got him a little fired up and getting a little spicy with me. The That's Monday it. morning Zoom meeting is not going to go well. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You've given him a whole I, two days to stew on this shit. Anyways, it happens. Um, 
Yeah, no, but like that's for me, that's what it was is that what I also liked about this is that this is a great way to leave Creed. Yeah, no, for Creed sure. Two was a terrible way to leave it because it was like, oh, well, now you've made a bad movie. Mm-hmm. It's not that good. You're going to have to make a Creed three to f- correct this. And they did. I feel like they did. And the cinematography in this film, like Michael B. Jordan and his cinematographer picked some really nice shots. Like there's the one shot where just before the big fight where uh, Adonis goes to see Damien mm-hmm. and then he talks to him for a second and then he walks around to the other side of the hallway and you see them both sides yeah. of the hallway. So kind of like mirroring the images of like kind of, it's like basically you tell him it's like they're from the same paths, but they diverged. And so that's why there's this wall between them. And I thought this is, this is poetic. And so there was tons of great shots. And then like the, the final fight, having that moment where it became a very intimate fight and there was nothing else around with the exception of a couple of visual shots, uh, visual effect shots that were added in there. I thought for the most part, the symbolism of that was just, I thought it was beautifully done. Yeah, no, it's it is a, uh, a like a, a macro story told on in a micro scale, right? Because it's just like uh, it's you're looking at it so like laser focused at times, mm-hmm. and it's because it really comes down to just these two guys. Yeah. Now, as a result of that, the one complaint I will say is that some of the other cast gets kind of pushed out so that these two can have their time to to shine, right? And you know, uh, that, that's a bit of a, you know, a, a shame because the other cat, the rest of the cast is, you know, really good and talented. And for the moments that they do get, it's really good. Yeah, um, well, Felicia gets a big moment. Felicia she does. Shot. Yeah, she does. Um, but yeah, I, I agree that the, this is, this is how you end this franchise. Yeah. Right. And if everybody's smart, regardless of the, the money situation, the only way I, I would be okay with a Creed four is if, uh, they break like Michael B. Jordan comes back as Adonis in the Rocky Balboa kind of role that he, he, you know, like kind of like what he sets up in here about trying to create the next, uh, uh, you know, series of boxers and, you know, and, and for the next generation and things like that, if they kept along with that line, but then you need a strong new character. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I don't know, but I, I think the only way I could see them coming back for another movie would have to be years down the line when, Mila Davis Kent is at least a teenager mm. and do mm. that story. Cause you know mm. what they do with the daughter character in this, mm-hmm. there is, mm-hmm. there is that little nugget that you could go that route. That would be, and you know what? I'd be down for that. If you waited. Yeah. Like you waited like, you know, uh, anywhere between eight to 12 years. Yeah. And come back to do this story. Like the, like a part four. Yeah. I have like an 18 year old. Yeah, Amanda and, Creed, and see where and see how her story plays out. Absolutely, I would be that would be interesting to me. And right. seeing seeing an older Michael B. Jordan, you know, and what he's like at that point, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't I don't see him as the decrepit, broken down Rocky Balboa that we saw in the later films. No, 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 of course not, of course not. And I think from the way Michael B. Jordan is, I don't think it's gonna be it's gonna be a long time before he gets decrepit. That guy, like, that's the one thing I looked at that. I'm like. My God, man, I got to hit the gym after watching that film. 
Well, between him and Jonathan, ba- uh, uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, Majors, Jonathan Majors looks like a freaking brick wall in this. Like, dude, when he takes off that the off for the the the, the first big fight that he has, right? When yeah. he takes off that fucking sweater, and you see, like, and we see it in the trailer, right? When yeah. You see how literally how cut he is. It's like, damn, that dude is coming to hurt people. Yeah. And I know you can't do that with Kang because of the way that Kang is designed. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can't yeah. have him like because it's it'd be a weird thing to see him shirtless. Yeah. But, like again, and I want to also state that Jonathan Major's take on Kang is great. Yes. They're just not letting him plot wise, they're not letting him be great. Well, and let's be specific. We don't want to harp on you know harp on this from an old, from a review from a couple weeks ago, but we're talking specifically Kang the Conqueror here. Yeah. Right, and he got done dirty. Totally. So in this freaking, oh, his Damien, Damien is Anderson is 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 a great movie villain, because as I said before, it's one that you can see the root of his problem and go, yeah, no, I get you, I see where you're coming from. I I, I gotta say, one of my favorite moments, just because of how stupid ridiculous it was, is in during the training montage, with uh, with what Adonis is uh, uh, walking with. Yeah. Like ridiculous. Ridiculous. No, but totally. I loved it. I thought it there was hilarious. Go. So you're saying people should see in theaters, wait for streaming a rental or skip it all together? I think if you're a really big Creed fan, obviously go see it in theaters. Uh I think if you like Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors, go see it in theaters. Uh I think it's really well done. If you're not into boxing, obviously skip this, you know, is what I would say. But I would say for most people, if you're okay with uh with the boxing sides of things, this is uh it's especially if you like these two actors, this is a, a fantastic uh group of performances to watch. Right. Now, for the past few weeks, I've been saying for a lot of films wait for rental or streaming. You don't need to go to the theaters. I feel like if this is a type of movie you have interest in, you have to see this film on the big screen. And if you can see it in IMAX, because that's the, there's parts of it that were shot in IMAX specifically for this. So go see the film in the theater. You'll have a, you'll have a really good time in my opinion. Hopefully not with the audience that I saw it with. Cause Oh, they were shit. Yeah, sometimes a rowdy audience ruins everything. Totally. It's Just, tri- oh, man. Brutal. Yeah, anyways, no, yeah. Here, well, anyways, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Jackie Pirico about her album Splash Pad right here. Geek Card. Reality Radio 101. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy. It's simple. It's fun. Email us at geekardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today. Welcome back to Geek Card right here on Reality Radio 101. She'll hold them in her book, she'll read them twice a day. And 
now back to your geeks, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Welcome back to Geek Card, folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here, ready for our last segment of the night and our last guest of the evening. Uh, this is a comedian that uh, we actually did a live show with all the way back in 2016. And since then, of course, she's been thriving. Her comedy album, Splash Pad, is nominated for a Juno for Best Comedy Album of the Year. The Juno is taking place on March 13th this year in Edmonton. Welcome back to the program, Jackie Perico. Hi, guys. Hi, how's it going? I'm great. How are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, so, of course, Splash Pad nominated for Juno. Juno's happening in just a little while. You're going to be making the trip up to Edmonton? I am. I'm all set to fly in um, a week from yesterday. It's not even a week from tomorrow. It's a week from yesterday. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm making the flight. And then there's like a whole bunch of the, um, the awards for the comedy album. It's not part of the main televised broadcast for like famous cool people. (laughs) Um, They've lumped us. (laughs) They've lumped us in with the, uh, you know, the graphic designers and the sound engineers and everything, which is great. A great bunch. Great bunch. Yeah. 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 Gotta love the technical awards. Totally. Yes. (laughs) Um, But I am excited because I heard that it's uh, it's a bit more fun apparently than the broadcast because it's like a a supper. You sit down for a fancy Mm. supper and I'm like supper. Okay, now you're talking my language. Yeah, I, I, I like they used to do. I remember uh, when I learned about the Oscars, like the original Oscars, a uh, few the few rounds of the Oscars. They used to do it like the same idea. They was like it's dinner thing, and then you'd walk up and get your award, come back down. Every award should be like that. You should be yes. able to eat, eat and drink, and then get your award. Absolutely, it should be all. All the award shows should be more like medieval times. Oh, yes. that would be the best, especially that jousting, like midway yeah. acceptance speech. That would be amazing. That's the a thing. If you want leg. your award, yeah, if you want your award, you got to beat the Green Knight. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> yes, make us work for it. I just see, and now imagine you, Jackie, walking up on stage to accept your award, and you're sitting there with that turkey leg, like you said, and you're just munching away on it. It's like, thanks for this, thanks for this. Yes, and then I'm out. I remember yeah. just loving that turkey leg as a kid. I wasn't a picky eater ever. I was never a picky eater, and mm. I just had a hell of a time at medieval times. I just loved getting in there with my hands with that turkey leg. Well, there we go. Well, I hope you get to get your your hands with the dinner at this award show. <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll be fun. And then yes. you win, go up with chicken grease all over your, your yes. hands. It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> also, gotta love the fact that this year it's in Edmonton. And of course, great time of the year to go to Edmonton. You know, a, oh, a, beautiful. a province, like a city <laughs> in a pro, like a province that has two freaking seasons, winter and July. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic to go there right I now. I couldn't ask for anything. I couldn't ask for anything better. Although, no, what it might have been more glamorous was last month I was in Moncton, New Brunswick, for a comedy festival. Yeah. And the weekend that I was there hit record Arctic invasion, like airwave or air mass. And it was minus 45 degrees. Oh my God. Nope. Nope. No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> bad enough being in the gta i don't need i don't need minus 45 like i know it was crazy and like so you know what edmonton's gonna seem balmy compared to that well hey you know for the like for anybody who's not from canada is not going to understand this specific reference but you might get lucky and get a chinook you know you're right the chinook i've been hearing about 
Yeah, so you might get a Chinook, and then it'll be like plus eighteen. So right. you know, there you go. it could work out. That you know, which then then you would have you win the award, you get your turkey leg, and you and it's like there's no snow. There you go. That's, <laughs> yes, you know what? I'm loving all of this positive affirmation. We keep saying you're gonna win. You're gonna go up there with the turkey. You're winning. You're winning. I think this is the secret, right? The um, law of is. attraction. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And of course, you you know, again, there you go. You're up against some great nominees. Of course, Courtney Gilmore, John Doerr. Matt Wright, Sabrina Douglas, but you know, this is, this is your year. It's happening for you. Definitely. <laughs> Thanks. And- I, I do feel so lucky to be going with such a great group. Like it's just such a, a, a funny mixed bag of like genuine, super talented people um, that mm-hmm. I also happen to really enjoy hanging out with in real life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, that is the a prize in itself. Cause you know, you never know. You never know who you're stuck with that certain things. <laughs> there you go. Well, there and, you and go. look at it this way, Jackie. If you do get that turkey leg and 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 for you don't win, you just throw it at them. See, that's the thing yeah. that comes down yeah. to is I realize now, I realize now Mr. Green doesn't so much want you to win as he wants you to get a turkey leg. He's yeah, running for that turkey leg. <laughs> well, Actually, I think that Mr. Green is a publicist for turkey legs. That's what it comes yeah, down to. Yeah, he's working for Big Turkey. Big I do. Turkey, I do. Yeah. I do. I, you, you caught me. I do work for Big Turkey and Big Gravy. Uh, there you go. I am a proud proponent of both. You know. There you go. So, uh, so of course, the cover to Splash Pad is a an homage to one of the quintessential series from the '90s, Baywatch. That's what right. The, what was the decision for you to go, hey, we're going to do a Baywatch uh, cover for the album? Great question. Well, um, I'm, I'm a sucker for nostalgia like we all are. And uh, and so on my first album that I recorded and released in 2019, um, which was called Dream Phone, I made that cover art kind of as an homage to like game girls game boards of the 90s. Um, so I love kind of um, staying and keeping with that. But uh, the the what, is it called titular, titular, titular track on my album? Titular, um, yeah. Titular. <laughs> titular. That's how you pronounce it. The Baywatch people. theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, it it is is splash pad. Um, it's about me kind of getting embroiled in some drama at like a children's splash pad. So I I kind of was looking searching for that nostalgic connection. I'm like, oh yeah, like kind of you know me carrying on like some beach babe lifeguard like at a kid's splash fan yeah um and also there's there i kind of have a through line in my comedy and in my jokes i'm kind of obsessed with like beach babes and like gear like pretty girls and cool girls and, like, <laughs> it's kind of a running obsession and so i was like this is my chance to be um for and, and record it for posterity a beach babe there you go. There you go. Yeah. 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 No, the, uh, yeah, I will notice throughout the album, you do talk a lot about tall women and their long legs throughout the <laughs> yeah, album. Yeah. You're right. And, I'm fascinated with beach babes. And then also with the splash pad, like that, that joke really kind of puts into perspective the worth of a child, really. You know? <laughs> right. What a child, look how much it is worth. Priceless? No, there's a price. You can put yep. a price on a kid. You can absolutely. Those doc, those fertility doctors will have no problem slapping a price tag on that. Totally. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, I got embroiled into the whole drama, uh, you know, listening to that. I, I was starting to be like, oh, I'm like, I, do I need to start looking up this? And, you know, like look into Grayson's life and see what's I going know. on. Yeah, hopefully right? it's okay. Like, <laughs> it's like, did, did, you know, is he, is he alive? Did he survive? Like, what's, <laughs> what's 
going on here? I can report that the child that that joke is based on is thriving. He's living his best, very expensive life and thriving. (laughs) Good, good. I'm relieved. I, for one, am relieved. Also, um, (laughs) this past week, uh, you appeared on Because News with Gavin Crawford. And uh, that's where we found out a little bit about your likes on the old TikTok. You enjoy watching pets being bad on TikTok? Yes. Wow. You guys have done really, really up uh, in real time, up to the minute research. (laughs) What I do. Um, I can't get enough of these pets being bad on TikTok. Like it's so good. They're smacking each other and like, um, you know, classic knocking glasses off tables. And like, it's just such a, it's such a, um, an innocuous way to, to be, you know, to be bad, you know, being a pet. (laughs) It's not hurting anyone. I will say pets, they can go either way as well. Is that when they are bad, they can be like, I don't give a fuck. Or it's like, oh, God, it's the worst thing I've ever done. And you can see them like hide in shame. <laughs> yes. they, there's no middle yes. ground. It's one or the other. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah. Nobody's ambivalent. Yeah. No. It's, there's the, I, I'm sure you've seen it, Jackie. It's one of my favorite ones. It's not so much a bad cat, but it's the, the dude keeps trying to close the blind and the cat keeps opening the blind. Seen- I haven't seen that, but that sounds you right up my alley. It? No. Oh, trust me, it's dude closes the blind. The blind is open and the cat's uh-huh. looking out. The dude closes it because it's too bright. The cat right? opens the blind <laughs> to look out. He closes it. The cat opens it. And then there's a little side eye from the cat. Yeah. And then and, and then I won't give you the payoff. There's there's there is a there is like, you know. A good uh, a good joke into it, and uh, yeah, you have to find that one. It's it, you, as soon as you realize it, you'll see a couch, a dude's hand, kind of closing the blinds, the okay, cat's paw opening. As soon as you find that TikTok, <laughs> you need to watch that one. I cannot wait, and hopefully my phone is listening to this, so that when I next open it, it's just going to show me that. <laughs> right? Yes. How yeah. many times does that happen? I finally, it'll work in your favor. Yeah, there you yes, go. Yes, finally. Um, <laughs> another algorithm that I've I've found myself on on TikTok is do- snow, like winterized dogs, like huskies and malamutes and those kind of dogs who refuse to come in from the snow. That's a new algorithm I'm on. <laughs> so these dogs just become part of a snowbank, and their their masters are like, "Come on, you're, it's time to come in." And they, you just see two eyes peeking out from a mound of snow. Like these dogs will not come in, and it, it is kind of a subsect of pets being bad, I guess, in a way. Yeah, no, I, a buddy of mine, uh, he had a Husky. And when I learned, I didn't, because I was like, I came over. It's like, it's, you know, it's like minus 35 outside. And I'm seeing the dog outside in the, in the, because they had a, uh, like a, a little dog house for him out front. And I was like, oh, nice. Dude, aren't you going to like bring your dog? It's like, it's pretty cold out here. And he's like, he goes, I wish I could get the dog inside the house. He's like, <laughs> the, the worse it gets, the more snow, the colder it gets, the le- the less he wants to be inside. It's I insane. love it. I love that defiance. And they're really like, you know, they're living up to their factory design. You know, they're, right. they know what they're equipped with. Yeah. They rolled off the fa- <laughs> right off the factory floor with that. Just... Yeah. 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 Ooh, New man. from GMC, the Husky. <laughs> yes. The technical specs are right on point. Definitely. Yes. Oh yeah. So, um, of course, uh, you know, you're on our show here tonight and the show, of course, is live, but also available as a podcast. You yourself are launching a podcast with Mark Little, another talented comedian called How Can We Help? Yes, that's right. It's uh, it's pending. It's been pending for a while. Okay. <laughs> um, we've got a lot in the can. Um, but the thing about me and Mark is, is that Mark 
uh, we're a great team and we, yeah, we get these anonymous questions and uh, from, from uh, people online, it, uh, typical advice questions. And we try to help them out, but surely at times we're steering them probably in not the right direction because <laughs> him and I are also need a lot of help <laughs> in life. Um, but it's just fun and gabbing and, and trying to, trying to look at problems and issues from all different sides um, but the, the, we're, we're about to release in the next, uh, probably next couple or few weeks. Um, but Mark cannot, and I understand this, but he cannot listen back to the raw recording. Mm. And so it's all up to me to kind of like try and shrink these down from like me and my, the other producer, Stefan, try and shrink them down from like hour and a half long recordings, as I'm sure you guys are used to doing, but Mark will not listen. He's like, no, I can't, I cannot. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I'll do that heavy lifting. But he does a lot of heavy lifting as well. Okay, well, that's, do you like that's that? There's cool. already drama, and it hasn't even been released. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wow, I had no idea there was such complex feelings about the podcast you haven't released yet. Okay, <laughs> that that no one on earth has heard yet. <laughs> um, but I think people are really going to like it because Mark is a pod, as we know, a podcasting veteran and. Um, I always have fun being a guest, but now, ooh, finally, it's my time in the sun as a podcast host. There you go. Nice. Very exciting. <laughs> well, I look forward to when it gets released nine years from now. It'll be yes, great. Yes. Very exciting. Set your calendar nine, nine years from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Right. So 2032 is just around the corner. Oh, yeah. It's any time now. You know, if you factor in sleep and meals, it's like a cup yeah. of coffee, right? right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Totally. It's like <laughs> a nice little break and then I'll get to hear the show. Definitely. I'm, yes. I'm looking forward to it. All of my hair <laughs> will have fallen out by then, but I'll have that to make me feel good. That's what it we'll, comes we'll get it. To. We'll get it pumping in your, in the speakers at our, all of our nursing homes. There we go. <laughs> there. I look forward to that. Definitely. Yes. But in all honesty, I hope the Junos has, has put a little wrench in the, in it, in the works and delayed it mm. a bit. Um, but it should be, uh, before hopefully before mid-april is that vague okay. enough <laughs> that's you could go a little vaguer you could say spring ish yeah, yeah. yeah mid-spring mid to late spring ish <laughs> yeah yeah definitely oh man well i look forward to when that gets out there because you know Thanks, I, think, guys. I think it's going to be good between between you and mark i think regardless of what advice you give it's sure going to be funny I'm yes no matter what it will that. be advice no matter what <laughs> it'll be advice good who knows That's what we know we don't yeah. know but we know it's advice <laughs> there you go there you go definitely well jackie i want to thank you for coming on with us it's been great having this little catch-up with you and again yes. it's hilarious that it was like you coming on made me realize i was like oh yeah 2016 we had her on a live show that's right yes that is so funny and it did all come rushing back to me too and i was like catching up on your guys like videos and stuff i'm like oh wait a second it, it was like a yeah it was like um subliminal suggestion brought it all back i'm like am i remembering this a lot's happened since then for all a of lot us, has it? happened uh, yes no a few a few things you know not that much yeah a few things really. almost not, not any global mishaps or anything global mishaps that not only threatened our ability <laughs> to leave the home but also threatened your profession from continuing uh yes. so but, but we're cockroaches baby you can't hold us you down can't kill them no. there's just gonna be cockroaches <laughs> and comedians after the bomb goes up. that's it <laughs> oh my god well um the one thing i do want to ask about because back in the days of course loved you back then love you now do you still do any recorder humor anymore 
I, you know what? I, I do as much as I can, as often as I can. I play it at home a lot still. Okay. <laughs> um, I haven't brought it on stage in a while, but you know what? It's funny you say that because I've been meaning to, to get it back up. I can't lose that muscle. Um, and especially now that I have to prove myself at the Junos, you know, with all those musicians, I'm oh, yeah. now more than ever, my recorder would... skills are, are crucial. I was going to say, when you're doing your acceptance speech, you bring up the recorder and you play it as a song. That's your acceptance speech. That's not a bad idea. But you got to make sure that the audio people know to put the reverb on because you, yeah, worked, that, you worked that reverb so well back then. You did. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know what? I'm dead in the water without getting that mic a bit wet. That's for hey. sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only way that human ears, like recorder is palatable to the human ears is with so much reverb. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Jackie. Well, it's been great. And Thank you uh, so much for having me. Thank you for coming back on. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. I can't wait. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Right, have a great one. You too. Thanks. Thanks Bye. Bye. So that was Jackie Pirico. You can check out her album, Splash Pad. It's available uh, on Bandcamp and uh, Spotify. Give it a listen. It's a funny album. Very funny woman. And mm -hmm. it was good to catch up after seven yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, she's great. I, and, uh, you know, all the, you know, break legs, all the best, you know, all those things because uh, she totally deserves it. Totally. Well, we've come to the end of the show, Mr. Green. Yes, we have. You tell the good folks where they can find us. As always, if you like what we do here, you can always find additional content at patreon.com slash geekart. For everybody who contributes to that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You guys are amazing. For those of you who don't, you're super cool too. We still like you. It'd be cooler if you joined us. You know, that would be awesome. Uh, you Come can also join us. Join us. One of us. Join One of us. us. What? Yes, yes, but we're not a cult. Uh, but we are. But, but we're not. Uh, additional content always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Card Show on any of those platforms, and you'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekcardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version of this very show, available on Mondays after 2 p.m. But if you didn't listen to us live like you just did, and the podcast is the way to do it, how is the best way to hear it, Andrew? That would be to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice, be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. Maybe not Spotify, but uh, wherever you catch your pods. And while you're there, leave a five-star rating and review. It helps Absolutely. with the analytics. Absolutely. And, of course, if you just want to continue the conversation with us or ever chat with us just, just, just randomly, you can always email us at geekartshow at gmail.com. I want to thank Jackie Pirico and Emma Horvath for coming on the program. For Emma Horvath, for Who Are You People, for The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, for Creed 3, for Jackie Pirico, for Splash Pad, for the Junos, for Edmonton, for Chinooks, for Mr. Green, and for Yuri in the booth. This is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, hey, you might as well geek hard. I'm Reality Radio 101. Thank you for listening to Geek Hard with your host, Andrew Young, and Mr. Green right here on Reality Radio 101.